We now join the Apostle and Prophet Ministry with Pastor Ron Boyd coming to you from Dunbar Township. Come and listen in to a radio station where the mighty host of heaven sing. Turn your radio on. Turn your radio on. Turn your radio on. Turn your radio on. If you want to hear the songs of Zion coming from a land of endless spring, get in touch with God. Turn your radio on. Turn your radio on. Turn your radio on. Well, praise the Lord, everybody. This is Brother Ronnie Boyd coming to you again today with the Apostle and Prophet Ministry. And today we want you to stay tuned. We're going to be talking a little bit about how God chooses the place, the time, and the person. A lot of people don't realize that, but God's still in charge. And we'll be seeing that in the Word of God in just a little bit. Before we get into the message today, we'd like to hear a song from my brother Darren Haller and his wife Jill. She wrote this song, Victory Cometh in the Morning.
you think about how that God chooses to come and dwell in us, what a wonderful, wonderful experience that is. And God makes the choice. I'd like to read from the 20th chapter of the book of Exodus today. Just a little verse here, make you think about these things. Now, God had brought Israel out of Egypt, and he's beginning to deal with them as a nation. He's going to make a great nation out of them. And we know that they had spent the 40 years in the wilderness because they was having a struggle believing God, but God still had intentions for Israel. And he makes a statement here in the 20th chapter about verse 24. He said, An altar of earth thou shalt make unto me, and shalt sacrifice thereon thy burnt offerings and thy peace offerings, thy sheep and thine oxen. In all places where I record my name, I will come unto thee, and I will bless thee. Now, I want you to notice something here. They just couldn't offer at any place. It had to be a place where he recorded his name. He made that choice. He said, all the places where I record my name, that's where you offer your burnt offerings. So he was making the choice even back then. Then in Second Chronicles, the sixth chapter, in about verse 6, it reads like this. But I have chosen Jerusalem that my name might be there and have chosen David to be over my people Israel. Not only did he choose the place, but he chose the leader also. And God hasn't changed. The Bible said he's the same yesterday and today and forever. God makes the choice. And I think it's a great and wonderful privilege that God has chosen us unto salvation. We find out that the scripture teaches us over in Second uh, Thessalonians, the second chapter, just exactly that, that God is the one that has chosen us unto salvation. Let me read to you from Second Thessalonians, second chapter, about verse 13. But we are bound to give thanks always to God for you, brethren, beloved of the Lord, because God hath from the beginning chosen you to salvation through sanctification of the Spirit and belief in the truth. Now, sometimes people wonder, why does this one believe, that one don't believe? God has from the beginning chosen you unto salvation through sanctification of the Spirit. That's why you have to be born again of the water and of the Spirit because it takes that Spirit to set you apart, to sanctify you. And then you have to believe the truth. Remember what Jesus said, He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. Now, we find also that Jesus had made some uh, statements, and we find this in the 10th chapter of the book of John. He says here, uh, Verily, verily, in verse 7, I say unto you, I am the door of the sheep. All that ever came before me are thieves, robbers, but the sheep did not hear them. I am the door. By me, if any man enter in, he shall be saved and shall go in and out and find pasture. The thief cometh, but forth to steal and to kill and to destroy. I am come that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd giveth his life for the sheep. But he that is a hireling and not the shepherd, whose own the sheep are not, seeth the wolf coming, 
and leaveth the sheep, and fleeth, and the wolf catcheth them, and scattereth the sheep. The hireling fleeth, because he is an hireling, and careth not for the sheep. Now watch this verse 14. I think this is, I find this very interesting. I am the good shepherd, and know my sheep, and am known of mine. And he went on, he said, And the Father knoweth me, even so I know the Father, and I lay down my life for the sheep, and other sheep have I have, I have, which are not of this fold. Them also I must bring, and they shall hear my voice, and there shall be one fold and one shepherd. What he's telling us here is his sheep will recognize him, they will know him, and they will hear his voice. And uh, they will not uh, follow another. They're going to hear his voice. And that lets me know that God had planned something from the beginning, chosen a group of people, called that group of people, and whenever he called them, they recognized his voice and they came to him. And we find this example many times through the Word of God. We want to look at the 15th chapter of the Gospel of John and about verse 16. Jesus is talking again. He said, You have not chosen me, but I have chosen you and ordained you that you should go and bring forth fruit, that your fruit should remain, that whatsoever you ask, you shall ask in the Father, <clears throat> the Father in my name, he may give it you. Now, you have not chosen me, but I have chosen you. Now, we find a lot of people have a problem with that. But I just believe the Word of God. If the Word of God says it, that's what I believe. In Acts, the ninth chapter, and we'll start reading here about verse 10. Now, this is a story of the conversion of the Apostle Paul. when he was still called Saul at this time, Saul of Tarsus. And he was on the road to Damascus and sees the bright light. Well, now, the thing, the way that God ordained this plan of salvation, you're going to have to hear a preacher. So even though that... God was dealing with Saul in this manner. He still had to hear a preacher. All right? So he was sent to Damascus, and he was uh, without any sight, and uh, he did not eat nor drink. He was fasting for this three days. Now in verse 10, And there was a certain disciple at Damascus named Ananias. And to him said the Lord in a vision, Ananias, and he said, Behold, I am here, Lord. And the Lord said unto him, Arise, and go into the street which is called Straight, and inquire in the house of Judas for one called Saul of Tarsus. For behold, he prayeth. And he has seen in a vision a man named Ananias coming in and putting his hand on him, that he might receive his sight. Then Ananias answered, Lord, I've heard by many of this man how much evil hath he done to the saints at Jerusalem. And there he hath authority from the chief priest to bind all that call on thy name. But the Lord said unto him, Go thy way, for he is a chosen vessel unto me to bear my name before the Gentiles and the kings and the children of Israel, for I will show him how great things he must suffer for my name's sake. Verse 15, he said, the Lord said unto Ananias, Now go thy way, for he, that is the Apostle Paul, he is a chosen vessel unto me to bear my name before the Gentiles. 
And I'd like to call your attention. When Saul is on this road to Damascus, at this point in time, he's not looking for Jesus. He is not at this point in time fasting. He is not praying. He's going about to arrest somebody that's calling on that name. But see, God had his eye upon Paul. He had chosen him from the beginning. And because of that, it was the hour, it was the time, and God had chosen him, so God calls him. When he called him, he sent him to a man of God that he might hear what he must do to be saved. And we find, if you uh, follow this story out, that uh, Paul relates it a, a little while later in the book of Acts and tells how that Ananias spoke to him after that he was praying there for a while and Ananias had come in and prayed with him. And finally Ananias said, Brother Saul, why tarriest thou? Arise and be baptized, calling, and wash away thy sins, calling on the name of the Lord. And we know that Paul, again in the sixth chapter of Romans, says, For as many of us as were baptized into Jesus Christ were baptized into his death. So we know that Paul then was baptized, and we certainly know that Paul had the Holy Ghost. And we know that Paul made the statement when he was writing to the Corinthians, he said, I thank God that I speak in tongues more than you all. And then he gets, did some teaching on tongues. But he acknowledged that he was baptized. He acknowledged that he spoke in tongues. He acknowledged that he had repented. And uh, because that's what he was doing whenever that Ananias come in. He was already praying. He was already crying out to God. So we find God had chosen him. It wasn't that he had chosen God as much as God had chosen him. Now we look over here in the book of Romans, the 8th chapter, and verse 30. We find the scripture reads like this, Moreover, whom he did predestinate, them he also called. So then I know now that Paul was predestinated because God called him. And then uh, he also justified. And whom he justified, them he also glorified. And you're not going to be glorified without the Holy Ghost. I'll tell you that right now. So uh, the writer here says, Paul says, What shall we then say to these things? If God be for us, who can be against us? Because them that he did predestinate, them he also called. And whom he called, them he also justified. And whom he justified, them he also glorified. So we find that God, uh, God had predestined Paul, called him, and he was chosen of God, a chosen vessel unto the Lord. We find in the book of Ephesians, the first chapter and verse 4, I want to share this with you. It says here, according as he hath chosen us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love, having predestinated us unto the adoption of children by Jesus Christ to himself, according to the good pleasure of his will. And we find here that we was chosen in him before the foundation of the world, and uh, that we should be holy and without blame. So God is doing the choosing here. Peter picks it up. If you want to turn with me to 1 Peter, uh, the second chapter, about verse 9. And Peter said it like this, But ye 
talking to the children of God, to the church of God, the people of God. But ye are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, and holy nation, a peculiar people, that ye should show forth praises of him who hath called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Now here's the beautiful part. Watch verse 10. Which in time past was not a people, but are now the people of God, which had not obtained mercy, but now have obtained mercy. I thank God today that when I was nothing, He made something out of me. Honor. What great honor it is that God chooses at that point in time, as their heart is open, as they are receiving the Word of God, as they are rejoicing down inside because the Word of God is being preached. And at this point, God chooses that individual and, and chooses to come into that individual and live in that individual. What a great privilege it is. Multitudes of people never having that opportunity, never having that experience that God would choose to come into their temple and fill them with His presence and His power, live in them, walk in them, be their God, and they are His child. What a great and wonderful uh, uh, salvation this is. Now we look over here in Galatians at the fourth chapter and think about how this is worded. Now the apostle is talking here to the church, writing to the church, fourth chapter of Galatians, about verse 8. He said, How be it then, when ye knew God, ye did service unto them which by nature are no gods. When ye knew not God, I'm sorry. Uh, when you knew not God, ye did service unto them which by nature are no gods. Now what's that mean? Well, let me tell you something. If you're in this world, you don't know God, and you're bound up with habits, some people have to have that cigarette, some people have to have the, the uh, booze, and some people have to have the dope, and some people have to have the lust, and they're just things that they are bound by. They, can't, they, they serve that. They can't help themselves. I have watched people, and my own relatives, and, and uh, in the past, uh, before they got saved, I would watch how that they would go around the house, try to rake chains together, uh, trying to find enough money to go get a pack of cigarettes. That was more important than uh, uh, getting enough money together maybe to get a gallon of milk or something. No, they was trying to get money together to get a pack of cigarettes. They was out of money. They was concerned, would they have enough cigarettes to do them until payday? And things like that. I've watched those things, and I could see how that they was bound. You did service unto them which by nature are no gods. But watch verse 9. But now, after that ye have known God, or rather are known of God. Now, did you catch that? It's one thing to know Him. But, brother, what a great privilege it is when God is aware of us, and God knows us, and God has chosen us, and chosen us in Him from the foundation of the world, and that we might be holy and without blame before Him in love. What a wonderful experience it is. He said, but now, after that ye have known God, or rather are known of God. Then he asked a question. Now, after an experience like this, how turn ye again to weak and beggarly elements were until ye desire again to be in bondage? My, we should never, 
Never. Once God sets us free, the Bible said, You shall know the truth, and the truth shall uh, make you free or set you free. And uh, again, where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. Why should we ever want to go back to anything after God sets us free? And I've seen that happen so many times. I've seen people come in and repent, go down to the water and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of their sins, come out of there, no more cigarettes, didn't desire, didn't want it no more. And uh, all these lusts and things had left, and God had cleaned them up and filled them with His Spirit. Why would they ever want to go back to any of that bondage again? Why would they ever want to go to the place that uh, they, God had called them from and back into the dens of iniquity and to the bars and stuff like that? God saved them and called them out of that, set them free from it. The desire left. They didn't have to have it no more. And it was no longer their God. They had found the true and the living God. And why would they ever want to go back to anything like that again? So it's a wonderful experience when God chooses to save us and fill us with His Spirit and power, calls us, we hear His voice, we know His voice, and we begin to follow that voice, and we know there's something real about that. And that's the way that I feel that you that listen to my voice over these radio waves, wherever you're hearing my voice today, if you will hear the Word of God, pay attention, amen, God can begin to speak to your heart, and you'll know that it's the truth. And the Bible again said, He that doeth the will of God, Jesus said, You know of my doctrine, whether it be of myself or whether it be of God. And if you begin to do the will of God, you'll know this is the truth. You'll search it out. And the Bereans, the Bible said, was more noble even than them of Thessalonica, because when they heard the preaching of the apostles, they went home to see if it was so or not. So God has chosen us from the beginning. Not only do we know God, but the wonderful thing is, God knows us. And that's the important thing. And He has chosen us in Him. He has predestinated us. He has called us. He has justified us and glorified us. And He did that through the process that He ordained and that He preached Himself. And he told men everywhere was to repent. And Peter said on the day of Pentecost, repent and then be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of uh, your sins, and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. And we know how the Holy Ghost came uh, over there in the second chapter of Acts. Whenever the, he told them, he said, you go back now, and you wait there at Jerusalem until you be endued with power from on high. He told them to go back there and wait till they got the Holy Ghost. Then they could be a witness unto him. And we know what happened. They went back. And they sat there, they waited, they probably was praying and supplication and prayer. They was in one mind, they was in one accord. And then there came a sound from heaven like a rushing mighty wind filled that whole house where they were sitting. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit of God gave the utterance. And then at the 10th chapter of Acts, while Peter yet spake these words, the Holy Ghost fell on them at the house of Cornelius. I see your time is getting by us again today, but I'll tell you what, tune in next week, same time, same station, to the Apostle and Prophet Ministry. Let the Word of God dwell in you richly, amen, and receive with meekness the engrafted Word which is able to save your souls. And I thank you for the time today. 
and I thank you uh, for all of uh, the opportunity for me to come into your cars and homes and expound the Word of God unto you. Listening to the Apostle and Prophet Ministry with Pastor Ron Boyd, inviting you to join him again next Sunday morning at 8:30 here at your local station, 590 AM, 101.1 FM, W266 DB.